to curated advice on better living. Get different perspectives on personal development like healthy habits, mindset, relationships, functional movement, and biohacking. If you're looking to improve your life, but you're overwhelmed by the endless sea of self-help content, you've found your new home. We'll talk to all sorts of people from other cultures, accessing different philosophies, real people's stories, and the lessons they've learned along the way. This is the Curated Advice on Better Living Podcast. And now your host, Khaled Sultan. Yeah, we're here with uh, Michael Anderson, which sounds really formal when I say it that way. Uh, but uh, it's always weird to hear your full name, like yeah. Michael Anderson. Michael Anderson, it's like I'm being arrested or something. Yeah, <laughs> picked out of a line. You basically teach students sports, fitness. Yes, here. correct. I wouldn't really say fitness. Oh, okay, obviously fitness is one of the things, but it's more like the the actual title is physical education teacher. PE. Yeah, PE. So yeah. that I mean that entails everything, all the sports that, that are in our curriculum. Obviously, obviously schools are all different d- different curriculums, and with the ages. That that I teach it's um, which is about five to ten years old it's more focused on like the fundamentals so it's not so much teaching them how to play a sport I mean they're so young they need to learn how to do things like skills first we call it basic skills so throwing catching you know gameplay just small things like running backwards and I mean these days with so much technology and being in such a hot country where kids can't always be playing outside um, you know these simple tasks that we just kind of don't even remember learning they just happened we have to work on and not perfect but at least get them started with it so that when they're in a game situation basketball for example dodgeball blah 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 moving in different directions comes naturally because I remember when I was in school there wasn't enough emphasis on mobility or Mm. injury prevention prevention yeah. and yeah, stretching yeah, exactly. uh, how have things changed now um i mean look i, I don't mean to to hate on teachers um, and i mean i can speak honestly because mm. i had pe teachers where it was just kind of like here's a ball mm. have fun have at it you know do your thing that's if how anybody it gets injured it's it is what it is there was no stretching before nothing like that yeah every teacher is different but for me i i try to to give the kids what i would have wanted try and engage with the kids more especially because they're uh-huh. younger so i try and engage with the kids more i make sure that we have a good routine of always stretching before and <laughs> they hate they probably hate me for it because then yeah. I'm like okay guys stretches they're like come on but I'm like well you know that's that's a necessary we evil exactly huh? exactly so you know it's good to get to teach them that why why be a teacher and I'm going to be completely frank. Oh, I you mean, no, nobody's in teaching for, yeah. for, for money. Yeah, yeah, if they definitely. are, then they definitely had the wrong Teachers wrong are underpaid, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I wouldn't say underpaid, but for the work, for the time that you put in, you probably could yeah. be doing something else. That takes less time, less effort. So for me, teaching, you got to be in it because one, you love kids. Two, you want to make a difference. And if you're not doing one of those two things, then you kind of need to re- maybe rethink your decisions. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I try to you know give the kids what I would have wanted, which is care. You know, show them that I actually care because I do. I genuinely yeah. love all my kids, even on their bad days. By the um, way, I feel like we should address the fact that a car just passes. The first time I record a podcast outside. We are in the hood, brother. Yeah, you we're came in the to hood. Michael Anderson's hood. That's right. Um, you got a nice outdoor area. There we go. Got all the, the lights. and Yeah, it's a work in progress, man. Yeah. The weather's good, so we've got to take advantage of it, right? That's true. What, are you, mean, what are you planning on doing with this space? Uh, I'm going to add a few more, uh, I guess you could say fairy lights, but they're a bit bigger than fairy lights. So a bit more along the edges on the top. And then uh, on the roof, I'll probably get a, uh, you know, just the awning. I can tell we're in the hood just by the way people are driving. (laughs) Drop the clutch. (laughs) Yeah. But uh, just going back to what you were saying, it's true. Like, I feel like every student can think of a few teachers yep, that, that made have a impacted their lives. Yep. Yeah, yeah, Mrs. Whether. Couchman was mine. Yeah. I'll never forget. Never there ever. you go. What was it about her that changed uh, your life? I mean, I struggled with uh, self-esteem when I was a kid. Like most do. I'm comfortable speaking about it now because I kind of feel like we need to normalize speaking about things that you struggle with, you know, especially if you've overcome it. It's a yeah. bit more difficult to speak about it if you're still struggling with it. Um, but, you know, she just, because I was younger for my class, I was small growing but I grew slowly was a quiet kid you know was struggling to with my work and because I had a teacher who was actually the opposite she put me down she told my parents look Michael needs to drop down a grade he's not following because I was I was a year young right she said I wasn't able to keep up basically just said I can't do this I can't do that I'm struggling this I I shouldn't be there she put me down and that uh, you know that it actually stuck with me like I don't remember it sticking with me too bad obviously when you're a kid you know my parents told me that they could see that I, I wasn't enjoying school as much yeah, I was yeah. you know not, I wasn't you know I wasn't being a happy kid and uh, just when I got to grade six so you yeah you're six you're seven uh, Mrs. Couchman big lady 
gave the best hugs. She just kind of, you know, just called me on my BS one day and called me forward and just said, listen, stop. Like, you can. There's nothing else stopping you except yourself. And, you know, she just gave me the tough love and the, the soft love. It's very important that you cover both those things because sometimes you need tough love, right? True. Sometimes you need like a real soft touch. Yeah, yeah. And she Compassion. she had that perfected. You know, she gave me that. When I needed the, the hard hand, she gave it to me. And when I needed like a hug and I, and just like, it's okay, she was there. So she was made a big, big impact on me. And when I finished school and I had no idea what I wanted to do with my life and I got the opportunity to start working at school as an assistant, I really enjoyed it. Like I had fun being around the kids. I um, So how did that happen? Uh, you know, joining the school and starting to work in school. So I graduated from school when I was 17. I graduated and I had no life plan, which is also okay. Like and, most of um, us, yeah. So the, 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 the initial plan was to do a gap year and then like go to uni or whatever. Yeah. And also my grades weren't the greatest. I didn't handle some personal issues very well during my last two years of school. Just didn't focus as much as I should have. So I was taking a gap year. That was the initial plan. Assistant at school, same school that I graduated from. And they gave, luckily enough, they gave me a position as, you know, assistant PE. So, you know, I was just hauling equipment around and, you know, yeah. making coffee. And, yeah, <laughs> you know, just kind of It's a good start. Around. Exactly. Especially at that age. Yeah, man. I mean, it's a nice thing for me to say I started working when I was 17 because I don't think that happens a lot anymore. No, no. And it not. really taught me a lot of things the first thing was difficult because it was like switching from a kid to like i was on the i was on the student side two months later i was on the teaching side right difficult dynamic to just to differentiate for me you know what i mean yeah. and i was still 17 so luckily everybody that i had around me at that time in my in my department was very understanding very patient like hey you can't go chill with the other 17 year olds yeah you know the, the other year 12s of course yeah the other you know they were same age as me What's crazy is that you started at 17, yeah. which many people yeah. don't, people don't get that opportunity. Usually yeah. they go off yeah. to university exactly. and they don't get to experience work, but to jump from school, being a student, straight into straight work. Into work. Yeah. I missed out on the university life, yeah. which was probably better for me at that time. I, was, yeah. I don't think I would have been in the right mindset yeah, yeah. to go through things, you know? Yeah, things can get wild in yeah. university. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so... Um, I wasn't the, the, the best decision maker back then, let's say. Yeah, uh, But, you enough. know, it's, and that's okay. And that's kind of like the message that I try to give the kids now is it's okay. It's okay to have low self-esteem. It's okay to not believe in yourself. It's okay to not know what you want to do with your life. I feel like mm -hmm. there's so much pressure on kids nowadays. Bro, it's lots rough, of pressure. Man. Yeah. It's rough. And like, I really feel for them, man. Because, you know, you just got to let a kid be a kid, dude. Like, that's true. I mean, even adults, man. Yeah. I mean, like I'm 28. I still... I, I still st feel pressure, man. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, oh, man. Yeah, the pressures are different. But uh, yeah, I, I've really valued the opportunity that I've been given to... Not to teach. I value the opportunity that I've been given to try and make a difference in kids' lives. Because yeah. if I can do that, then, man, that's that's it. That's, man, that's, uh, that's, that's a powerful thing. That's yeah. a big responsibility. It is. It is. It's a, it's a scary thing if you think about it too much, like everything else in life. If you think about something too much, you're just going to mess it up. True. So you're also really crazy into dirt biking, like hardcore dirt yeah. biking, doing races and stuff. How did that start, man? And oh, what's your, dude. what are some crazy stories? So obviously being South African and having mm. South African friends and stuff, you know, we camp a lot, right? True. So when I was a True. kid, you know, we were in high school. A lot of the other South African families would go camping on weekends and, you know, we'd all go together and obviously their kids are my friends, yeah. my parents are friends. How about, what do you call it, bry? Exactly, yeah. bry, exactly. A few of my friends doing that had quad bikes. I mean, dude, I was like 14, 15. Oh, so yeah, yeah. Seeing your friend with a quad bike, fast forward to when I was 17 working again, while well, working. Right. Um, I saved up and I bought a quad bike, forgetting that by the time I was 17, at that age, most people in that age range leave the country to go That's to uni. That's true, yeah. Right? Yeah. So it was just me, all my boys that had quads when we were kids had left. That's the Doha uni. life. That's the Doha life, my friend. Yeah. So uh, I was the only one with a quad. Uh, I couldn't, I wasn't driving at that time. I was 17. So right. Dad had to drive me down all the way to sea line. You know, I'd ride around a little bit by myself. Thankfully, a, another South African fella rode up to our car and spoke to my dad and was like, he was on a dirt bike. And he said to my dad, like, hey, like, oh, your son rides a quad. You know, my son rides with me. And his son was about two years younger than me. He's like, look, I've got an extra bike. Next weekend, I'll bring it. 
you ride, we all ride together. And, you know, my dad was like, yeah, cool. Because in South Africa, he had a, um, a road bike, a Kawasaki Ninja. Okay. So, he, he, you know, he knows how to ride. And, I mean, yeah. what grown man coming from South Africa wouldn't want to ride a dirt bike in the desert, you know? Yeah, definitely. So, uh, yeah, fast forward to the next weekend, dad rode. And then next thing you know, he was buying a bike. And I'm like, well, hang That's on. <laughs> I don't want to get left behind. Yeah. So uh, If you're getting a bike, yeah, I'll, I'll don't forget about me. <laughs> um, so, I had to sell my quad. 17, but still the rule was you start working, you start paying for your own stuff. So I sold the quad and then I found a very, very cheap bike and uh, man, yeah, started riding, started yeah. ordering parts, started, you know, getting graphics done and just falling in love with the sport, like sh the struggle because I was so, so bad. Like all the guys we were riding with, so you'd meet up at Sea Line and then the guys would free ride. So they would ride from Sea Line roundabout to Inland Sea and mm. back and then stop along the way to hit a jump here, hit a jump there. And, uh, oh, dude, I was on the struggle bus every damn weekend. <laughs> when do you feel like you've um, gotten a hold of riding a dirt bike? Like you were bad for how long before you felt comfortable? It's an interesting question because, I mean, there's some weekends where right now, I'm wow, I feel very uncomfortable. Yeah. But I think it's just you get comfortable being uncomfortable, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know that's how, how hard you have to push. So I would say I started getting okay skills about a year and a half later, two years later when I met uh, another South African guy. Yeah. Keep in mind, guys, I actually don't like South Africans. <laughs> I don't mean that in a bad way. It's just like... Elaborate. Yeah, I don't actually have that many South African friends, as my, even though it sounds like I do. So, it sounds like you know the whole South African community. Not not everybody, but I mean, it's, it's a small, it's a tight-knit community. It's just like, I mean, you move here, like you move away from your country. Like, why not make friends with other people? How old were you when you moved here? I was 12. I want to make the most of it by experiencing as many cultures, as many different religions, as many, um, you know, just as much as I can, man. Like expand my horizons. Like, dude, I'm so far away from home. Why would I waste it? Okay, waste as a son is going to sound bad, but why would I surround myself with the same people that I can surround myself with at home and not surround myself with others who can help me grow as a person? 100% agree. 100%. And I don't mean that in a bad way. Like if I were to hang out with South Africans, I don't want them to think like, a, oh, he's wasting his time with us. That's how he feels. No, it's not like that. No, no. It's just... That's just how it is, man. I can't even explain it better than that. No, I mean... It's just my preference. I, I think you've perfectly explained it. It's not... I think there's nothing wrong with it. In fact, like if people, if they want to expand themselves and yeah. grow, they should be open to new experiences yeah. and new cultures. That's if how you grow. To. If, if they, they want, want to, to, yeah. Like, dude... Some if, people prefer not to. If you don't want to... If you don't want to accept someone's culture or their religion or their color or their... Um, Way of living. Their, who they know. want to be with. Yeah. You know, their sexuality. Their, yeah. I don't care. Yeah. If you're a good person, whatever. If you like dogs more than cats, I think you're a great person. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're entitled to your opinion. Yeah, that exactly. No, man. I, I Honestly, I have got so much time for people, for any type of person, as long as you are a good person. Just like, a whatever, good, decent man. person. That's what it comes down to at the end of the day. And like I was talking to a, a friend of mine, right? And uh, he was telling me how he has two friends that stopped becoming friends. One of them is a doctor. The other mm. is like a anti, anti-vaxxer. Oh, and great. Because yeah. of that, they stop becoming friends. And I'm like, what happened to just, you know, having dif a difference of opinion and that's yeah. it. We just move yeah. on. I mean, that's a beautiful thing, right? Having differences. Yeah. That's what literally makes the world go around. Yeah. We don't have to agree on it on and everything yeah. to be friends. And if we disagree on some things, that's, that's fine. fine. Yeah. I mean, it's all about just respecting each other, you know? And I think that is a huge problem in the world, bro. Oh, yeah. Dude, like, I'm vaccinated. You're not vaccinated. Whatever. Like, I'm. you happy with your decision? I made my decision. It's not affecting your life. Exactly. Like, you know, pineapples belong in pizza, bro. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> go say that in Italy. Yeah. <laughs> then I'm in trouble. Yeah. Man. But, you know, everybody's entitled to their opinion, man. If, if, if people just, they operated that way, like everyone's entitled to their opinion. They do what they do as long as they're not harming me. No one's harming each other. It's fine. Dude. Like the people get be... too worked up. Yeah. And like uh, people try to change other people way too much. Yeah. Like that's that's the thing. Like, okay, you don't you don't believe dirt biking is the best sport ever. Yeah. I'm gonna like I'm gonna do everything in my in my power to make sure you believe that. I don't know, man. I just I cannot stand the fact that some people literally lie awake at night thinking of how to change people. That's so. the thing, man. It's like it's a waste of time. Arguing is a waste of time. Mm. You know? But I mean there there's a certain type of 
I think it's a little bit healthy to have arguments yeah. every now and then. Yeah. You know? I'd say discussions. Do, yeah. But if, it, if, discussions, if you're yeah. having an argument and you're coming in, for example, I can have discussions. I had a discussion with someone, you know, about this whole vaccine mm. thing. I'm not against vaccines whatsoever, mm. but he believes in forced vaccinations. And I didn't like that term. I don't like anything that's forced. Yeah, true. Yeah, I know where you're coming from. I'm not against vaccines. Uh, you know, I believe in the science and everything, but forcing someone so they don't have freedom of choice. And I was just having a normal discussion. I wasn't worked up. Yeah. Uh, he got really worked up, took it personal. Mm. Uh, but that's my point. You know, the best arguments are no arguments. Like, yeah, uh, yeah. You know, because I, because people, people want to prove you wrong. And then like, it just becomes kind of like that instead of just having a discussion, like mm. me and you back and forth. I, I don't, I don't care. Like you, you love dirt bikes. You think it's the best sport. Maybe I don't. Who gives a shit? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like my life's not going to change because of that. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. If it's something that affects me like directly, okay, then maybe, maybe we're going to have a situation. <laughs> What's something that you're, you feel kind of opinionated about or? Honestly, I have a lot of strong opinions, but I am comfortable enough to say that they are my opinions. And I know that my opinions don't matter to anybody. Like in the grand scheme of things, I'm a nobody. And <laughs> like what I say is, you know, what I, what I believe is what I believe. And if somebody else doesn't believe the same thing, like why the hell would I waste my time? And so you're not online on the uh, Twitter, no, on Twitter or YouTube no, comments I've, fighting with people. I, no, I've never been an in the comments. I mean, look, I follow a lot of the professional athletes, like the motocross guys and, you know, and sometimes the comments are like, sometimes I want to troll the troll, Yeah. you know, I just want to be like, dude, what are you doing with your life? Why yeah. are you like, okay, rider crashes or causes someone, causes this troll's rider, favorite rider to crash. Yeah. And then you comment on this dude's uh, Instagram. Oh, go die, you piece of shit. No, no, no. Okay. Like, do, do you feel better now? Are you going to sleep better tonight? It doesn't it's, make sense to me. My advice always just stay away from the, yeah. the comment section. Yeah, I mean, sometimes my girlfriend's like, don't, don't, don't even like, because sometimes I just want to like jab at them, you know, be like, yeah. oh, is it really? Yeah. Like, you know, just make it worse. Like stoke the fire, you know, Exactly. it's so stupid. <laughs> but anyway, I try not to get involved with anything like that. And, 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 and because I do believe, because I do have a lot of kids following me from school and whatnot, I so try, you're, I, you I try to give a role a, model. I try to give a positive, yeah. um, you know, presence on social media uh, because kids are very susceptible to what yeah. they see online, man. Yeah, oh, true. dude, YouTube, these low idiots yeah yeah <laughs> my goodness it all like it dawned on me the day that like the kids came to school like oh mister are you what are they called a loganizer no i have no are you idea for jake paul or are you for the logan like i'm just like yeah no, no one i'm for, for you like yeah. you i'd rather support you and, exactly like, you don't even have a youtube channel exactly so it's scary man like it's a beautiful thing that the kids are so like interested in what's going on around the world but it's also super scary of how, because they're like sponges, man. Whatever they see online, they're going to do it. They're going to yeah. say it. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I mean, the girls with their TikTok dances, the boys, oh, you know, with these, you know, pranks that they do on each other. Like some of it's dangerous, dude. A hundred percent. I mean, yeah. I'm not saying we didn't do dangerous stuff as kids, but I don't know, man. It's just, I suppose it's different because I'm older now and I see it more, you know. Yeah. I just wish the kids would just be kids and not learn how to be adults from really, really bad influences yeah. on social media. What have you noticed if you compare, you know, our generation growing up, because mm. we're practically the same generation yeah. as kids uh, and like, you know, as kids, we've all done, you know. Are we millennials, by the way? We are. Yeah. Okay, Because cool. my sister was like, I'm a Gen Z. So oh, she's, she's, she's younger than us. She's yeah. very young. She, yeah. She's 19 now. So oh, we can okay, make fun yeah. of the Gen Zs. Yeah, I just the feel Gen like it fits, you know. Yeah, I got the, a lot of dirt on her. The, the TikTok kids. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Basically, uh, what have you noticed since you're around like, um, you know, you're in school you know, you're seeing, you see these kids grow up and, yeah. and like, what have you noticed if you compare like our generation as kids and this generation? Oh man. I mean, look, start off, I, I was a naughty kid, but I was a scared kid. If somebody said, listen, I'm going to call your dad, I'm going to call your mom, you stop whatever the hell you were doing. And that, was, that wasn't just me. That was all of us. Mm. Like we were naughty, like we were naughty, but we were respectful. That's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We would always like, you know, do something stupid, you know, whatever, yeah. mess around, wrestle, blah, blah, blah. It's true. But we know there's a limit and yeah, there's you consequences. Know that if the teacher walks in, you're like, oh, okay, time to stop. Yeah. Nowadays, it's kind of like, if you say, luckily, I've never had it happen to me. I've got a very good report with the kids, but there's been circumstances, there's been instances where the teacher says, look, I'm going to call your dad. The kid will take out his phone and be like, yeah, dial it. Or I'm going to take your phone. Okay, take it. I have another one. Or I'll go buy another one. Like there, there's no consequence and I, I'm so sure it's because of social media because you can say whatever you want on Instagram, on Twitter, on Snapchat and no one's going to give you a slap across the face. You know, no one's going to be like, listen, bud, you better shut up. You or, think it's from social media or from the parents? I would say 50-50. Okay. Because the kids get this fake confidence 
I don't know if that's the right word. Yeah. Um, I mean, because they can say whatever they want to whoever they want on online and there's and no consequences nothing's gonna happen like you can swear the dude yeah. until his ancestors feel it you know yeah but no one's gonna okay what's what's gonna happen it wasn't gonna like swear. back in the day where it wasn't someone like says something to you face to face there's consequences yeah exactly <laughs> So, and it's and it's harder, you know. And another thing is, if you make someone feel bad in person and you see their reaction, it's a bit harder. You feel you see the impact. You can see. But if reaction. you're online, you're kind of detached. Yeah. So these kids are trolling. They're and, it, and dude, it gets to the point where they get so detached, they detach from reality too. Even in real life, I've had conversations with two kids side by side of me, and I say, "How do you think they made him feel?" And he's genuinely, I don't know. Swearing about his mother. Kids need to learn that there's consequence, you know, and I, and I don't mean just mean kids. Everybody should. Like, I feel like there's so many, so many people who just kind of don't think about it. There's a f very fine line, which is difficult to dis mm -hmm. distinguish, but you kind of have to learn the hard way. Because the I hard way, think unfortunately. Of yeah. A handful of of times when I was a kid, when I was doing something stupid, and even an adult, like I was a kid, man, and an adult grabbed me and was like, "You can't be doing that. Like, what are you doing?" So. Luckily, I didn't catch any adult hands back in the day. And I'm not, I'm yeah. not saying that kids need to get slaps. Yeah, yeah. No, I definitely. don't think it's a bad idea. Yeah. But, um, you know, just people need to realize there's consequence to everything because for every action, there's a reaction, right? That's true. And um, I just think if, if more people realize that and kind of thought about that before they did things, the world would be a better place. Yeah, man. It's, uh, I mean... I mean, so I know it's, it's difficult to say, but if you think about it, it can be as simple as that. It can be as simple as that, but unfortunately it kind of, you know, if you think about it, things are, are, are not looking good. Like, I feel like it's increasingly yeah, becoming it's, worse. It's terrible, This man. new gen, like when I'm looking at the new generation, the things they're doing, you know, like even these like online pranks, like back in our days, the online pranks, yeah, the, the videos and stuff were a it's lot. kind of lame. <laughs> now that yeah, you like uh, simpler. Some of the stuff now, man, it's, it's dangerous, bro. Like, yeah. you know, kids getting hurt and, you know, like I know things are accidents, like those Tide Pods. Man, kids were getting oh, yeah, yeah, hospitalized yeah. for that type of stuff. Yeah. And like they, they thought it was cool. All these crazy it. challenges, man. Yeah, we need more good people on. Because, I mean, look, I, it's impossible to say kids should be get off the internet. So that's kids, not going to happen. Kids should be off social media. It's impossible. And I don't think they should be because social media is such a powerful tool. It just needs to be used the right way. But how do you, like, that's the thing with social media is a free for all, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's uh, so true. It's not like, know, it's not like Instagram is going to be like censoring, you know, the Logans, the Jakes, the... No, exactly. Especially the, the since those people TikTok, are, I don't know. if those people are getting them the most views, it's part Money of their talks, incentive. Bro. Money talks. That's it. Yeah. Money and followers talk. I don't think the good influences are getting as many uh, <sighs> Unfortunately, bro. Followers. Unfortunately. But just more people need to be aware and and talk about it. Like everybody knows it's happening, but they're kind of scared to talk about it. Um and I am really glad that I'm not a parent right now because it is rough, man. Like yeah. I've got a lot of friends who who are parents right now. And um with online and you know, with online schooling, with quarantine and you know, COVID, etc. And then also just being a parent normally, like at this day and age with TikTok and all that stuff. It's right. rough, man. And I really feel for them because it's a difficult, difficult situation to be in. What do you, how do you feel? Because like, a lot of people have been complaining about this whole online schooling. I was just talking to Kim, who I'm going to have on the podcast. Uh, she's struggling. It's mm -hmm. like, a, it, it's now become like an she's extra. A she's a parent. Yeah, okay, she's sure. got kids and they're doing online schooling yeah. and it's one of the parents has to be has home. To be yeah, yeah, it's yeah, just yeah. like more pressure on the parents. It's another job. I know, I know. I'm fully, uh, and I fully back that, dude. Like I try and make my, my lessons as easy as possible, but then at the same time, and this is all teachers. I mean, I don't know if all teachers are trying to make it easy, but yeah, for all teachers, we are getting pressured to, and I mean, understandably so, we're being pressured to make sure that our, the, the content, the classes, the lessons that we are putting out to the kids is still covering the curriculum, still covering the things that we need to be covering. Also pressure from the parents. So yeah. we're getting complaints that the work is too easy. We give more work. Then we get complaints that the work's too hard, too, hard. It's too much. Then there's too much screen time. Then there's not enough screen time. There is no happy medium. And I, and, and I know that and I understand that. So I just feel like, and you know, we actually had a meeting about this uh, last week um, about how to deal with certain situations. And I brought up the idea of, cause you know, then we like how to deal with those situations. And I just thought, why not make a online meet and greet type thing where it's not a parent evening, not where like, okay, you bring Jasm and we talk about Jasm. Mm. No, you come in and 
we talk adult to adult okay parent to teacher you tell me what you're struggling with okay so each parent separately or even like the whole class you know okay. it's kind of okay maybe not all teachers because then you're kind of opening your up opportunity to opportunity for it'll be hard to contain <laughs> yeah yeah depending on how it goes but anyway right. so i just feel like a, a, a casual conversation between parents and teachers right now where parents can understand the teacher struggles and teachers can understand the parent struggles that would benefit a lot of things because everything's about communication bro a hundred percent. And just understanding. Yeah. Like even if it doesn't fix anything, like even if it doesn't change how the lessons are put out or that the parents are unhappy, at least the parents are understanding where we're coming from and we understand why it's so difficult for the parents. Man, you said it. And yeah, it's about compassion. It's about understanding because everyone, everyone, everyone's struggling. Yeah. Everyone is struggling, bro. That's why it's so important for me right now to make sure that no matter what, you're being a good dude. Like, yeah. That's it. So let me ask you then, do you believe that, and some people are arguing that there shouldn't be any online schooling. It should all be in person. That's tough because, you know, it's easy for me to say, hey, you know, screw COVID, make it a flu, you know, don't yeah. cl classify it as a pandemic. That is my wish but because I know I know that you know obviously we all know that Qatar is having the World Cup a lot of people don't want didn't sorry didn't want this to be here you know because you know our oh, Arab country uh, women's rights you know uh, workers right, rights there's a lot of um, you know, scrutiny in the media something that goes on in every single country around the world dude yeah you know true and then so all eyes are on Qatar right now everything that they are doing is to make sure that Qatar looks good to the world. They want to keep the people safe here. And I fully back it, dude. Whatever the rules are, I follow them. I don't fight it. If I got to stay home, I got to stay home. If, uh, if I'm at work, I'm at work. Like That's a, that's definitely, a, yeah, that's the Hakuna Matata attitude, you yeah. know. I, I definitely agree with you. But just going back to the point, regardless of, of rules or, I think or whatnot, as, as a teacher. I think the kids should be at school. There okay. is no way that you can substitute face-to-face -face learning and not even dude it's not the learning for me it's the it's just the social aspect of interacting it. with other kids Man, that's what we would look forward to seeing seeing the kids come back after that initial lo long lockdown we had that year or yeah. in 2020 dude right it, Man, seeing the kids come back, it was different, man. It's just a whole different dynamic. The environment was... The vibe was down. Oh, man. And I mean, dude, like I teach the young kids and I feed off their energy, right? That's what I do. I feed off people's energy. So yeah. if there's a good energy around me, I get hyped up. And then me being hyped up helps the, helps the kids up. It's just, you know, an awesome circle of hype. You're an extrovert. Yeah. yeah. So like seeing the kids come back and like seeing them so low and like worried about being around each other, obviously like getting drilled in by their parents, rightly so. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not, you know, saying that anything their parents were saying was wrong. Um, it's just, man, it's tough on kids, dude. You know, um, this was an interesting point that uh, Kim mentioned, like we, we were talking on the phone and she was saying, you know, like back in the day, it was normal for us to have the flu. You mm. know, we'd go to school, we'd have the flu and now kids seem to be more vulnerable and that might be due to, um, not being outside, not being outside, not interacting with other kids, not, not being getting exposed germs. to germs. Yeah. yeah not exactly. yeah, playing in the dirt. No, this is very controversial for me to say because I work at a school, but schools, it's difficult to say schools don't do enough because it is there for, it is, the opportunity is there for kids to speak to adults, but I feel like it's more an adult duty to approach a kid that's struggling to try to figure out a problem. Yeah. If you wait for a kid to approach you that has a problem or that is struggling with something or a feeling or something, it's too late. By that stage, it's probably too late. And I know, I know it's, it's, it's vertically, it's practically impossible for, you know, the teachers to look out for kids who are struggling, you know, because we have big classes. I just feel like if there was a, like a few dedicated staff members who literally walk around the school, checking in on people constantly, not just the counselor, because the counselor has other jobs, right? You need dedicated people to check in on these kids and make sure that they're doing okay. So do you feel like the school sh schools should uh, invest in the right training and to help support the staff to be able to help these students out see that's also very difficult because i have met a lot of very trained staff who cannot connect with kids we've uh, all had those teachers yes in sir. fact they probably have done more negative uh hundred percent you have dude. some teachers that positively impact you and then teachers that mm -hmm. negatively mm -hmm. impact you mm -hmm. it, it breaks my heart seeing kids you know go through things and they don't get what they need, you know? Because there's a lot going on right now, man, so... But I mean, it's always been like... It's always been that way. That's Even true. when we were in school, it was, yeah. uh, everyone is going through problems yeah. and those issues. And I mean, it's it was endless. It we get back to, be, to Michael's bumper sticker. Just be yeah. a good dude. Just be a good dude. Just be a good dude, you know? And uh, 
be human yeah man. you know and be a good role model yeah for the kids like yeah. i try to be i try to be that's why you know like i mean i know a bunch of my friends make fun of me oh you're trying to be an influencer bro like ah oh, you're so cool <laughs> mr instagram woohoo and i mean obviously yeah you know yes it is nice to have these people like your picture anybody who tells you they don't care is talking absolute you that's know? true that's true i'm trying to put out truth like there's some days where if i go to the gym i'll post a video saying i really 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 don't feel like going to the gym today like i could have just in bed but I'm going you know it's it's truth because I know yeah. social media is, not, is fake like I know uh, so much of it is fake that's right. why it's, I try it's curated uh, content so exactly you know, you'd have people that are <laughs> pushing like huge amounts of fake weight and yeah, pretending exactly. to be hyped up and then so you know I just personally I don't believe I live a fake life so whatever I do I'm trying to make it a positive thing you know especially last year I was in I had two surgeries last year on my left leg and uh, it was devastating bro like a dirt bike accident yeah right? yeah so I, I tore my ACL in 2020 uh, at work um, playing basketball tore the ACL and then uh, I was doing rehab for it and then uh, two races were coming up I thought okay I'm gonna go for it I'm gonna race um, so I did two two rallies two Bajas and uh, did really well was really happy and then I was training for another race uh, keep in mind I'm doing all of this with my ACL torn and my meniscus and all that so basically there was no stability in the knee for those listening who don't know what ACL does it's a ligament in the knee that you know st uh, stabilizes your femur and your tib and fib and then I was training and uh, yeah hit a corner and uh, for those of you who don't know motocross you ride a dirt bike that is about 110 kgs it's a lot of weight to be throwing around and yeah i hit a corner and you know when you turn you put your leg out you know to counterweight and i put my leg out and it just my foot caught the sand just in the wrong angle and uh, my knee just decided ah, yeah that sounds terrible man. peace out bro you're on your own yeah <laughs> and uh, that was more painful than when i actually tore it like properly tore it because obviously now there was no acl to hold it so it just went like really far out of place so basically my femur bone the tip of my femur bone my tip of my tib and fib hit each other so how's the um how's the recovery process looked like and have you looked into i know there's a guy he has a page called knees over toes yeah, knees over toes guy yeah. Yeah, yeah he's nuts yeah what do you think he's about on, he's onto some good stuff he's on so yeah. yeah yeah he's got the I mean, the tb raises yes. walking backwards walking backwards 100 i back that okay um so got injured the second time missed that motocross race which was okay because it was perfect timing for me to step in and help organize the race um and then I did prehab because obviously before you do ACL surgery, you want your leg muscle strong because then your recovery is faster. Yeah. And because they take a piece of your muscle as your new ACL. Had surgery, I believe in like February or so. Yeah. Surgery went well. Wasn't in too much pain. Didn't take pain medication because I have an addictive personality and yeah, I, I you know, didn't want didn't want to going to that rabbit hole. Happened know? So to I just, people I know, yeah. Exactly. So, you know, it wasn't something I was scared of doing, like, oh, you know, I might enjoy it. It was just something I decided. Like, How did oh. you manage the pain though? <sighs> just block it out. Just, you know, carry on. Just use the pain as a reminder of what's going on and, you know, keep keep going, you know, like keep pushing, you know. So there I was lying in the bed thinking, dude, I just had, this is my second ACL surgery. I had one in 2016 too, my other leg. And I was like starting to feel down and I'm like, dude, man up, like look at where you are. This is amazing. So just suck it up, buttercup. <laughs> like just go with it, start working. And you know, I did the, I did my physio, I think four times a week. It was rough. Uh, definitely makes time go so slow because it's just constant constant work constant you know but then it was cool like you get to a certain point where you can ditch the crutches you can ditch the brace and you can start walking you start running and then like those small milestones you live for those milestones and yeah. that's kind of like how i live my life now like injuries throughout my racing career has taught me the most out of anything else five months after acl surgery um i was feeling good everything was going really well i was actually close to being discharged uh, i spoke to my physio about it he said yeah okay you can ease back into riding take it slow don't push get a feel for it don't stick your leg out too much don't catch it blah 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 wear your braces yeah i got specific knee braces uh so that's what i did man first ride back i could have cried i was so happy man just felt so good to be back on the bike be back in the desert like that is that is my space to be free you know that is my escape from everything yeah man it's a journey yeah and then that journey kind of bit me bit me in the back dude second ride back uh it was a bit windy that day kind of one of those days where you wish just didn't happen you know so i woke up beautiful day early morning was summer so Woke up at 3 a.m. to go ride in the desert. Got there, super quiet desert. Uh, a couple other guys showed up. We were riding a dune track, so not the fenced off motocross track, uh, just the track that we kind of marked out in the dunes. And uh, 
there's one long dune. Uh, like let's say you're facing a dune. It's in front of you, about 600 meters long in front of you. And uh, you jump it, jump over. You U-turn behind it. You jump back over it. You know, you go back and forth. Mm. Jumped over the first time. And I was taking it easy, right? It's because I was second ride back, taking it smooth. Didn't put my GoPro on because I was like, it's not going to be good footage because I'm yeah. chilling, you know? Like, I'm not exactly flying. Well, you're doing jumps. Yes. Okay. Very small, you For know. someone who doesn't dirt bike, it doesn't sound like you're taking it easy. Yeah, I mean, that's that's true. Yeah, that's also true. Um, and then as I jumped over the first time, I saw a car in the distance and he was facing us. And there was, a, keep in mind, there were like six or seven of us riding. You can see us, we can see you. Logically, stay the hell away, right? Right. Watch from a safe distance, you can see us. Jump over, you turn, jump back over, and then on the last jump uh, section before the next uh, section that is where time stood still bro uh, as I came over the jump there was a car coming up the other side and um, yeah time stood still dude I hit the car at about uh, I looked at my watch I went from 70 kilometers an hour to zero um, wait so you made a jump I, I was in the air when I hit the car yeah. and you crashed into I landed, landed on into the, the car. car correct yeah with my front wheel and my legs into the front bumper, I front flipped into the windscreen. My elbow hit the windscreen and I like, I call it washing machined. And then I just hit the, hit the deck. I don't think I passed out. So when I say wake up, I just mean like, open my eyes, I was lying on my left side and uh, scariest moment of my life, man. I couldn't move. I couldn't, I couldn't move a muscle. I, could, I, couldn't, I couldn't feel a thing. Shit, man. And um, I can only imagine what was going through your head. Yeah, I was just, and then, like I just took a few deep breaths and then I could start started moving my hands and then slowly, you know, keep breathing. I sat up and then I could start moving my feet. I'm like, okay, back, neck, good. And then I just saw blood all over me, dude. And I was like, where the hell is this coming from? And then I took my goggles off um, and then there was more blood. And then I realized it was my right elbow. Lots of blood coming out. And then my left leg, dude, that's what broke my heart was my left leg. The same leg that I just had surgery on was uh, very, very sore. I feel like I got hit by a truck. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, man. Sort and then, of did. like, people, I just, I don't know. It felt like, what's that, like, what do they call it? The twilight zone? Is that what it's called? The twilight zone where you kind of don't know what's happening? I don't know, dude. It was just brain fog. Like, people were talking to me. I wasn't responding. I was just in disbelief. Like, I was legit telling myself, please just wake up. Please wake up. Yeah, you are kind of be I'm the... begging you, like, legit, please just wake up, dude. Bro, that sounds really scary, man. And yeah, and then uh, kind of came to, responded to Ricky. Ricky was, was talking to me. and Ricky's and, the, the big guy, right? Ricky's the big guy. Yeah, I remember. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, yeah, bro, um, I hit a Suzuki Jimny, a uh, new model. I only I only hit new models. I don't go for the old ones. Yeah. Uh, which was coincidentally the, the first car that I had as a kid, bro. When I was 18, I got a Suzuki Jimny. It seems like there's a pattern here. These injuries, these accidents. Do you feel like you're still going to continue, like no matter what happens, I will you'll still, stop. Can, you'll never stop. I'll never stop. Okay. I mean, look, that was a freak accident, right? Yeah. Could have happened to me while I was driving my car. That's true. You know, that was just... I mean, look, when you engage in certain activities... You're going to pay uh, the price one day. Yeah, yeah. And I'm okay with that. Yeah. I had surgery 10 days later because uh, I had cuts all over my, my left knee. It was, it was bad, dude. Like I was, uh, it was a very, very dark time for me. I was broken. Mentally, I, I just couldn't understand why. Like, why? What, what, have, what, have, what have I done? But dude, you know? I mean... Because I'm, I'm a firm believer in karma. Maybe in a past life you were... Ah, <laughs> maybe my great-great-great-grandfather flirted with a chick he wasn't supposed to. Yeah. <laughs> now I'm paying shit. the price. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, so you've gone through a lot of these difficult uh, injuries and there's a big psychological impact. Mm -hmm. I know that because my brother's had spinal surgery yeah. and, you know, he was... Hope a, he's okay. Yeah, yeah. He's, it's been a long recovery journey and he's, a, you know, he's a really fit guy. Mm -hmm. After that injury, you know, it changed him. He, yeah, back, he's yeah. changed him after that and he struggled with medication and... Yeah. And just that whole process until now, even after the surgery and years later, he's still not fully, mm -hmm. uh, fully healed. It takes a big mental toll, man. Big mental toll. Yeah. Uh, I think uh, it's not just, yeah, I think it's more so uh, mental than physical. 100%. Dude, I can tell you with injuries and surgeries, 80% mental, 20% physical. But I guess what I'm trying to find out is what have you taken away from that? And then what advice would you give to other people that have gone through something like that? That is why I post the things I do. That is why I live the way that I do because that is the way, like the stuff that I post is legit how I live. Shit happens, man. Happens to everybody. If you are not going to take that and use it for something, then it was a waste. If I didn't, if I didn't take this surgery, second surgery on my left leg in a year, if I didn't take that and use it as a positive to try and inspire someone or to try and get someone off the couch, even if it's just to get them off the couch and go to one workout. Yeah. If I didn't make someone believe that if I can, you know, get back to racing the same year, 
after those two surgeries, why can't they do anything? Like, I don't know, man. Like, if it's something small, if it's something big, it doesn't matter as long as it's something. Like, man, if you... It's inspirational content. You're inspiring people, you know? It gives yeah. you that, like, uh, like David Goggins. Yeah, you know? yeah, man, that guy's crazy. <laughs> He's on a whole nother yeah, level, man. Yeah, that guy's insane. But I don't know, man. It's just because I want to do it because everybody inspires me. When I look at people, I see, oh, this is going to sound really like Kanye West of me. But like when I look at people, I kind of see like how they are as a person and what makes them tick. Like you, man, like listening to people's stories. That's so cool. Like you, and there must be so many things that you like learn from different people. And like, you've got such a cool opportunity to take different things from different people, like all the best bits of those different people that you've spoken to and kind of digested and like maybe you take one or two things for yourself yeah. and that's cool and like you are it putting is. all these things on a platform where people can listen to these random people just like me there's a lot of cool man. people out there that aren't being looked at as cool people you bro know? that's i mean that, that's the thing man like you said like first of all that's one of the, the best things about doing this podcast is i get to talk to people like yourself different people from yeah. all walks of life and that's another thing you highlighted uh, usually it's people with you know like certain influencers or celebrities or select people that constantly their story is highlighted mm. but man some of the best conversations have changed my life are with people that don't even have a social media some people that are older you know all sorts of people you never yeah. know what gems people yeah. have like exactly. everybody has a story yeah. uh, you just have to be willing yeah. to to listen give them the opportunity yeah and I, I mean I obviously you know th I thank my mom and dad for the for raising me the way they did because they taught me to respect everybody and I mean dude Security guards, cleaners, man, these are cool people, man. If you just give them a chance, like, dude, there's been security at my school at, at from work that have left. And I mean, these are just guys that open a door, but I've, you know, you chat to them, like nothing crazy. Like, Hey man, how's your day going? Yeah, exactly. Instead of just walking past and saying, thanks, you know? Yeah. And these, those, there's actually two of them that I'm thinking of right now on top of my head. Every time it's my birthday, my girlfriend's birthday, Christmas, they're not even Christian, um, New Year's, they are the first people that always, always send me a nice message and say, God bless you. Hope you're doing well. Happy birthday. Tell Miss, uh, tell Miss Jasmine, happy birthday, blah, blah, blah. I mean, that is, no, that is from nothing but having respect for someone. Just be a good dude. Yeah. <laughs> That's what it comes down to. Yeah, exactly. That's what it comes down to. Be humble. Yeah. I think. And it's, it's a beautiful thing, dude. Like, man, I haven't sounded this deep and meaningful in a long time. Yeah. This is weird. But like, it's a beautiful thing when you get to this, when you get to the point where you are so comfortable with letting people live that they want to live, like, and respecting it. And then you, you can just kind of them be and learn from them. If there's something that you think that someone else is doing that you would like to do and you see that in them, take it and use it. You know, that, that's the whole point of life. It's true. Learning lessons. That is my biggest thing from all the injuries that I've had during the during you know my racing and whatnot. It's just I don't know. It always kind of puts things in, put into perspective. Like when you're lying in your hospital bed, laying awake at night in pain until five a.m. So you start thinking of some really random stuff, and if you don't put it into a positive, that's when it eats you alive. That's true. Me and my brother talk like through his journey and mm. he, he was in, um, he's all the way in New Zealand yeah. when he was going through this. So we were only able to talk yeah. by and phone. Yeah, the time difference is rough. Yeah, right? but, yeah, with the time difference and stuff, mm. but we've spoken a lot. And, you know, he was just telling me like, you know, back then he was trying to lift this much or do this much. And now he's just like, I just want to have a day where I can go out, take a walk Painless without thing. feeling pain yeah. all the way down my leg. And just puts things in perspective. Like yeah, you said, yeah. man, health is everything. Yeah, man. That's tough, dude. And I mean, also, I'm very lucky. I mean, I, okay I have a bit of stiffness you know most mornings but I I'm, I don't feel half as bad as your brother does and you know obviously what happened to me sucked okay two surgeries uh, but I'm okay you know it could have been super easy for me even easier than what I did than what I went through to just lie on the couch and be like I'm quitting racing I'm quitting moto uh, that's it for me like I'm calling it quits uh, I give yeah. up uh, and dude I'm 300% certain that if I had stopped riding I it would eat me alive, dude. Like I, I, I'm, I get that. Actually, it genuinely scares me to think about the person that I would become if I didn't have that in my life because of the lessons and the the release and the freedom that it gives me. You know, because I'm I'm forever grateful for what uh, motocross has given me in my life. I've met so many cool people. I've I've done I've experienced the coolest things ever. I have been so far out of my comfort zone that it is insane. But at the same time, like when you look back and you think, okay, you did that, like then you know you feel good about yourself. Getting outside your comfort zone is 
Man, it's so important, and I feel like a lot of people. You can do, you can relate it to anything yeah. in life, man. Depends, yeah, exactly. It's the way you look at it. I mean, it's subjective at the end of the day. Exactly. What you get out of it might be different than what someone else gets out of it. Hundred percent. And it's just about your experiences and your perspective as well. Mm. And it seems like you've had a um, just a very positive outlook to a lot of negative things. Yeah. Uh, you know these injuries and. And I don't actually know where when it started. I, I can't tell you when it started. Was I there want, a transition? Like, was there a, a point where you were just like? I can't remember. Super down to about it to be honest with you yeah. I mean look I was super down about things about you know things in my personal life when I was a kid you know 17 parents and getting divorced yeah I've been there but it happens to everybody man so yeah. I I think I held on to that for way too long yeah and it stopped me from doing a lot of things um, and you know that's only my fault it's not my parents fault I'm not blaming them I'm not asking for sympathy from anybody that was on me so I think maybe when I got to about 22 that's when I started dealing with things my own demons you know how have you approached because this is a very important topic you know I've got you know I've all my parents have also been yeah. divorced and sorry bro yeah I mean it happens you know what I mean mm, I have another exactly. friend who's who's gone through it uh, you know, pretty recently and yeah. he's going through the same stuff I was going through so I was helping him you can through relate. that situation yeah. that's important dude yeah it's gotta a, normalize talking about this stuff exactly and and he doesn't want to talk about it and it's just like dude trust me yeah you, you bottle it up yeah. you're gonna do stupid stuff yeah, but, yeah. But, but, but my point is you know you were talking about you know facing your demons and doing that inner work how did you approach that? What was the most beneficial way of trying to do that inner work? That's a very good question. Right. And it's different for everybody. It is different for everybody. And I think it's a good question to ask because like right now, I I don't actually know. But I would maybe I was because of my negative feelings towards, you know, divorce and stuff like that and splitting up my, the way I perceived relationships wasn't healthy. Same dude. You know what I mean? Same. So what clicked for me was not depending on someone else to be happy. My happiness doesn't depend on anybody else except me. And then also, how can I expect someone else to love me and be with me? If I'm not happy by myself, how can I be happy with someone else? 100%, you know what I mean? And 100%. it's unfair. It's unfair of me for me to, my happiness depending on you. That is not how a relationship should work. So I think when I realized that, I, that's when I started, that's when I actually started taking my racing seriously. So I started training. I quit a lot of the, the bad things, you know, the, the unhealthy decisions that I was making, you know, parties and whatnot. I stopped doing all those things and I started taking my training seriously. I started taking my racing seriously. And I think doing that and like being more competitive and being more, maybe just having those conversations with myself, not doing things to numb it out. And I mean, I will never, ever tell somebody how to deal with something because it's always different, right? It's true. But what I want people to know is it's okay to not know what to do because the not... Dealing with something is one thing. And then you not knowing what to do with it. The anxiety and the pressure you put on yourself by not knowing how to deal with those feelings, it's even worse. Yeah, man. And you know what you said specifically about relationships I can relate to because as someone whose parents were also divorced, mm. I had this um, this phobia, mm -hmm. you know? I was afraid because um, I didn't want to go through the same yeah, thing. Yeah, we all be in there, bro. Yeah. Um, but what you said is so true. And my cousin was the one that told me that uh, okay. when I was going through a bad relationship. Shout in the out past. to the cousin. Yeah. Um, and he said exactly what you said is like a, a healthy relationship is two happy people, happy people, two individuals that are happy on their own mm. and together they can, you know, be, be happier. even happier. Exactly. That's a, like, I don't want to be, I don't want it to get misconstrued where I'm saying like, I'm happy by myself. Like you can be happy with me. No, that doesn't mean like, I don't need like my girlfriend. I love her to death, man. I'll do anything for her. But I'm happy by myself, but I know that I'm happier with her. And she makes my life better. And she yeah. adds value to me, you know, and makes me a better person. It's not saying, I'm not saying that like, I mean, I know you understand, but maybe someone listening is kind of like, yeah, and so your happiness, you know, it's more, my happiness is my own problem, but someone else can affect that. You know, you, you can't be dependent on, and like I've, I've had relationships in the past where like, let's say I'm with someone and that, that person is completely dependent on me. It takes to toll deal with on you, their man. Problems. Yeah. It takes toll it on you. Takes energy from it you. It does, and then your and then your happiness somehow disappears because you get sucked into that like those negative vibes. You know, hundred percent. In saying that, that does not mean that your partner should not bring issues to you that make them unhappy. You know, of course, that's what relationships are working communication together. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, yeah. That was I think that's what clicked for me, man. It was just working on myself, uh, working on things that I should have worked on years prior. But did you journal? No, no, no. Um, I think a lot. Okay. Um, I'm in my head a lot. I struggle to sleep. Me too. My brain is always, always on. Always I struggle to something. fall asleep, yeah. man. What do you do for that, by the way? Ah, oh, man. I mean, the coffee you're having now is probably not going to help. <laughs> hey, man, it's okay. I've had a long day. I'm tired. Yeah, fair enough. Um, 
I, I just kind of just deal with it, man. Like, yeah. Because if you think of it as a problem, then it becomes a problem. Yeah, yeah that's true. That and true. I mean, as much as it annoys me, I that is how I live my life because I like to plan situations in my head. If I know something's happening tomorrow, okay? Like today, for example. Today I had my ACL assessment. It was basically, for those listening, it's a knee assessment where they put your leg in a biodex machine, which is this freaky looking thing that yanks your leg up and down and measures how strong you are in your muscles, blah, blah, blah. And another ex few exercises where they put uh, sensors all over your legs and you step on pressure plates, you have to jump and land. So they measure your you know if one leg's stronger than the other if right. you depend anyway so uh, i was really i was really worried about that because prior to the uh, knee uh, kneecap uh, you know the kneecap accident um my tests were really good like i was hitting numbers they told me that like my numbers were like the national football team level numbers oh for leg strength nice so i was really happy about that and then i don't know man i was just like because I didn't get any time to prepare. You know, I like preparing. I love being prepared for any situation. So I got told the day before yesterday. No, sorry. They called me yesterday. Yes, they called me yesterday morning and said, look, your test is at 12 today. I'm like, okay, cool. So I'm lying in bed and I'm like, okay, if it doesn't go well. Because I think maybe this is why like, I'm good at dealing with bad situations because uh, this might sound weird, but I like to plan for the worst case scenario so that when it happens, I know what to do. And you're just going through this in your head. I'm just going through those scenarios in my head. So I'm lying in bed at night. And this I do for most things. If I've got a big meeting at work, if I've got a, you know, like a sports day at work that I'm organizing. But how do you make, how, how does it now become like a problem where you're overthinking, which I've had in the past or like I'm overthinking about things in the future. Mm. And so I'm struggling to sleep. Like, how do you, I, for me, like journaling has helped. That's why I mentioned journaling. There's yeah. this expression which says, I write things down to trap my monkey mind on the brain, on the paper no, so I can get on with my day. Mm. Hey, I'm still learning. I'm still learning how to deal with things. And, um, you know, maybe it's something I should try. But f at the moment, like, I mean, obviously it's, it's not a great thing, but that's how I deal with things. You know, that's how I, I like to plan situations in my head and, um, if it goes well, that's how it's going to go. If it goes bad, that's how it's going to go. So then if it's bad, I can, in my head, I'm dealing with that. You've bad already thing that gone happened. through that scenario. I've already gone so through the scenario. If it does so happen. I know what to do. You know what I to know do. how to feel. I know. I see. Probably, it sounds weird saying it out loud, but uh, yeah, man, that's what keeps me awake at night is uh, the brain. It's mostly to do with uh, things coming up in the future, like things you have to do the next day or yeah because i mean yeah look dude i'm not going to go back to the future look back go look at the past past is the past i'm yeah. only going to look at the past but i actually have a tattoo on my shoulder that's um it's a zulu symbol it's called uh, sankofa basically it means go back to the go back to your past take what you need from it and leave it behind and leave the rest behind because i mean okay obviously you know good memories that last you know that's cool but yeah like, you know, bad things happen to everybody dude and like yeah. i said to you like if, if something bad happens to you and you don't take a positive from it because there is a positive you just have to look for it um, if you don't take the positive out of it or the lesson, you know, that was put in that situation for you to learn, mm. then going through that whole trauma or whatever was a waste. So, yeah. Do you feel like, because it seems to be like your mindset is um, anything that happens, no matter what it is, there's a lesson to be learned. 100%. Do you believe it's you allocate or you try to find a lesson? And are there things that happen that there's just no lesson? It's just a bad thing. Or, hmm. I don't know. Now we're getting quite philosophical i mean like dude bad things happen all the time every day to everybody yes there are some things that just happen um i was in a car accident on the way to a race so bad my bike was stuck in the back we had to lift it out i didn't even want to race and then I, we started racing i was leading the race and then my bike broke <laughs> yeah all in the same day shit happened <laughs> shit yeah happens, you know some yeah. days and then that's dude like that day i was also pretty broken like I, it was the first time where I was like, I cannot do this. I'm giving up. Like I said to my girlfriend, I'm like, babe, I cannot, I cannot go through any more of this. And then, uh, you know, you know, thank God for all the dudes around me, like all the, the motor community, you know, these are my competitors, dudes I race against, you know, they were coming up to me and like, listen, bro, I hope you're okay. I'm really sorry that happened to you. But just remember, um, I think there's a, a saying in Arabic, don't ask me to repeat it because I don't, can't remember it, but all right. rather the metal than the bone. Say it again. Rather the metal than the bone. Like as long as... Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, so as long as you're okay, yeah. the car is, is you know? replaceable. Exactly. That's true. And I mean, dude, yeah, <laughs> it's true. It's true, man. You know? Yeah. 
at the end of the day, like as bad as it is, you know, if your, yeah. if your car gets and canceled, you know, yeah. you're okay. Exactly, bro. So, I mean, it's 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 never, I mean, look, it's very easy to say, oh, there's a lesson to be learned. Like, I'm sure someone's going to listen and be like, this guy. It's so easy to say, oh, right, yeah. I still get upset about things. True. I still feel frustrated with life. I still feel pressure from society and whatever else. Yeah. You know, everybody does. Everybody does, <laughs> like, man. Dude, like your your life is, is what you make of it. If you want to make it stressful, it's going to be stressful. If you want to let everything in your life pressure you and stress you and like make you annoyed and anxious, that's what's going to happen. You got to find your release. And that's why I love moto so much because when I get on that bike and I ride and I'm jumping and I'm hitting corners as hard as I can. And when I'm racing and I'm getting on that podium and oh man, it's just nothing else. There's nothing else except you and the bike and the desert, the wide open dunes. There's nothing more beautiful. Man, like you said, you got to find your release, whatever it is. Exactly. Get out, man. Yeah. Get out there. Try different things. That's what I'm saying. You never know. You never know until Dude, you try. My girlfriend the other day, so she we bought her rollerblades like last year in, in quarantine because cool. I, I was doing a lot of running. So, and sorry, babe, I love you, but she can't run as fast as I can. Okay. So we bought her rollerblades so she can blade next to me, you know? So it's really, you know, hashtag cute and all that. She used it once, twice, fell. It was awesome. She was fine. Don't worry, guys. Um, and then the other day, I bought a pair because I thought it'd be really good for my leg muscle. Yeah. So, you know, it'd grow back your glutes and everything like that. Um, and because really good friends of ours, their whole family, even the kids bought her. I was like, you know, it's like 300 bucks to join in and have some yeah. fun. And then I just started blading. And she's like, but it's so annoying. You're like, you're, you're good at, you're good at every, like not everything. I don't want to make myself seem like a freaking athlete of the year, but like you're good at, you're like, you can do everything. Yeah. And then I was thinking about it and I was like, it's just because I've done so much. I haven't been great at everything. That's I'm not trying to tell people I'm insane at everything I've done. No, it's just because I have tried so many things to find that release. You know, like, dude, I've played ice hockey. I've played uh, field hockey, um, golf, uh, scuba diving, um, cross country in South Africa, athletics, swimming. I was insane at swimming. Um, hated it though. How was, uh, how was the scuba diving? It was cool, man. Yeah. Visibility is not that great. No, no yeah. bad experiences. Uh, no, no, not from me, man. Not from yeah. me. My side was good. I, I won an award for the youngest paddy in the GCC. Oh, wow. Year. This is when it was fresh, man. This was like 2009. It sounds like I you're guess. definitely athletically, um, athletically inclined or gifted. Um, I don't know if it's gifted, man. It's just because, I mean, obviously it might be gifted, but I yeah. don't like to talk about myself in that way, you know? Yeah. So I don't want people to think, oh, he's full of himself. Or you're not, you're not athletic. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. Like at the end of the day, some people are more scientifically inclined. Dude, some my sister more... got all the brains in the family. That's all I'm going to say. There you go. Yeah, you can't so have everything. if I can everything. get a little bit of the like physical yeah. stuff, I'm happy with that. But <laughs> I remember um, my second uh, scuba diving experience. Uh, it was, it's funny, but like everything was going wrong with the equipment. <laughs> and when that BCD starts going, then you got every, issues, bro. <laughs> exactly. And like as we were going down, so we went to that point, you know, in sea line, you go to this mm -hmm. um, like floor thing and then you go down the rope right everybody's going down like my friends everyone's going down and i'm the last one to go down so as soon as i'm going down the water goes straight into my mask and i freak oh, out so i'm like eject back and it's super salty too yeah and i go back up and it's up my nose and stuff and i'm like freaking Diving out Diving sucks i'm out of here yeah <laughs> that crossed my head i was gonna i was gonna like just uh bounce uh then the guy leading the the dive comes up and is like what happened stuff i told him what happened is like oh, you'll be fine probably laughed at you yeah he was laughing <laughs> and then we go down and the reason i freaked out by the way after after that happened, I'm looking, I'm looking down. I wanted to go down. You can't see. I can't see. I'm yeah, like, where are my friends? Yeah, yeah. And like, I know they're down bro. there, but I just had this like irrational dun, phobia. Dun, of like, dun, if I go dun, down dun, there, dun. exactly. <laughs> and then what if I go down there and then like, I don't see my friends exactly. there. Nobody. I'm like, oh shit. Exactly. But as I, I remember when I went down and I was down there, the tank was like all the way behind my head. Oh, I hit you, know? you in the back of the yeah, head. Yeah, back of the head. So I yeah, couldn't yeah, even yeah. move. The visibility is bad. And at some point I'm trying to push it. And then something kind of comes off. No, you disconnected. No. That's what I thought at the time. Bro. I was freaking. I was like, my oxygen. I'm looking at the guy. I'm like, that's it. It's over. I'm like, about to uh, die, bro. Uh, he's looking at me. He, he texts in. He's like, you idiot. You're fine. You know, like, don't worry. I'm like, bro, I can't. I'm done. It was just like a little, little tag thing. It had nothing oh, to okay, do with okay, it. Okay, okay, okay. That's scary, man. Yeah, bro. You're down there. And yeah. Everything, your like whole 12 life meters, depends yeah. on, uh, on the, the whole like oxygen mm. thing. So, but that was that. My, that was my dive, uh, dive experience. I felt like just That's one thing led one, to dude. another and then, yeah, it wasn't. <laughs> yeah, the snowball effect will get you, bro. Yeah. But at the same time, I want to dive again just to kind of 
break that, you know, yeah. break the ice again. And it's always important. Really. Yeah. Like I, I've, I started coaching some kids um, a while back on motocross. And I mean, it's a scary thing to be riding a dirt bike, especially as a kid. True. Because it's a big bike. It's kind of heavy. Powerful. Uh, a lot of power. And it's you in the dirt, man. So when you hit the deck, you know, it's, it's loud. It's, it's a thud. Um, you know, it's, just, it's a scary environment. So when they crash and they start crying and, you know, then there's, it's a very difficult situation to, uh, you know, to handle. You have to kind of yeah. know how to deal with kids and stuff like that. And I mean, the thing is like, if you, if you, if you stop there, like if I let that kid crash and cry and go home, he might not want to ride again. He might have the ph a phobia. Exactly. Because that is how it ended. And you never, ever, ever ended like that. So that's why you need to go dive again. Yeah. Like I tell those kids, you need to get back on the bike. I don't care if it's one lap, two laps, just go. You need to do it because next time you will not be scared. Because if you stay, if you leave like this, it's going to stick with you. And dude, like two laps later, he comes back. He's like, hey, can I, can I keep going or, yeah. you know? <laughs> They overcome that. And I guess it's... Uh, Kids are awesome, bro. So how do you approach it? Like, let's say a kid crashes, uh, they're crying. Most they're of going the time, I laugh. Okay. As bad as that sounds. That sounds bad. It doesn't <laughs> sound that bad because, dude, kids are like sponges. Okay, firstly, they're like rubber. Nothing breaks. I'm very jealous. Um, but, That's true. <laughs> I mean, if a kid hits the deck, the first thing they do, and I've learned this at school, first thing they do is look at the adult. Look at the teacher. For the reaction. Look at the coach. If your reaction is like, <gasps> oh my goodness, yeah. like, oh, this is bad. Yeah, bro, that kid is gonna cry and make so much noise. Even kids, like with their parents, like small kids, like they'll they'll bump their head on something and then they will look at their parents and if see, you know, if, exactly, the, if, the, if the mom's like, "Oh my god, are you okay?" and oh, stuff, no, they'll start come, crying. Come Kiss your head. Yeah, you're good. You're good. Complain. Exactly. They're like, oh, okay, cool. And that that's how I approach it, man. Obviously, you know, there's situations we like, but you never want to make that situation seem big. Like if there's blood, you're like, yeah. okay, guys, it's cool. You got to make some space. You, you got to always be the one in control of the situation. You have to control the situation because if you, because it's all about the energy. If you start freaking out, man, those kids will catch on and then, it, and then it's mayhem. So Absolutely, if man. you just take a chill and I mean, dude, it helps the kids. This is going to sound bad. It helps the kids man up, you know? Yeah. Okay, let me not say man up because that could be taken sexist, but let them just harden up, you know? You can get Become us canceled, tough. bro. Become tough. Yeah, 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 cancel culture, bro. <laughs> I'm very aware of all that stuff. Don't worry. Because, um, uh, you know, kids need to be tough, dude. Kids need to go. Kids need to get hurt. They need to be tough. They need to get sick. They need to be around germs. They well, need sheltering to them is not, it's doing them a disservice. It like if really you actually is, care bro. about the children, you want to prepare them for exactly. the world because the world's nasty, man. Yeah. Shit happens. Exactly. You know? I mean, and I know it's easy for you and me to say because we're not parents, you know, yeah. we, we don't have a little kid depending on us. I'm fairly comfortable saying that when I do have kids that I will feel the same way. Hmm. And I've even said this to Jazz, like, I mean, okay, we've got a little dog, but he is legit my baby, bro. And like, if he's like not feeling good or he throws like, you know, French bulldogs, bro, they if the wind blows, they get sick. Okay. Um, You're not really selling selling me on it. <laughs> no. <laughs> they are tough. They are yeah. tough. Eh? Um, so if you like get sick and then she's like all worried and I'm like, he's fine, man. Just, you know, just let him be. And, I, and I've spoken to him I'm like, look, are you going to be like this when we have kids? Because, I mean, kids are going to get sick. That's I'm going to let them get hurt. Like, it's good. You know, moving forward, like now we're in a new year. And I know people get hyped up. This is something I've been thinking about. You know, 2022, uh, I was ready to go. Yeah, World Cup's coming up and, and everyone's hyped up and everyone has these ambitions and goals and they're writing things down. I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. But I mean, dude, the first month came in swinging. Mm. you know and it's done already yeah i had covid cut took me back, off. right yep yeah. same here same you had covid and then when I we started wanted, new year's yeah with COVID, bro. you started Based new year's with covid uh and it seems like everyone was getting it but anyways so moving forward as you grow up you realize like yeah sometimes you're gonna take some l's and then mm. you pick yourself up and just go with the flow dude. um just because january didn't go good doesn't mean it's not gonna be a, a good year so moving forward this year what's something that you're focused on or something that you want to work on so i got two things for that first one is and this is something I went through because like I said, I struggle to sleep, right? I'm a big dreamer. I I think of these impossible things that I want to happen that would just be amazing, you know? And, uh, you know, some of them aren't impossible because, you know, we went through the blockade. So we, we didn't have any local races happening at the time. And, you know, I was just, I was always dreaming of, man, I'd love to win a race. I'd love to, I'd love to just race a race, you mm -hmm. know? And then, you know, I just kind of, I woke up the one morning and I just, I spoke to Jazz, my girlfriend. And I just said to, you know what, babe, I'm sick and tired of dreaming about this. I'm just going to do it. And I started organizing my own races. Uh, it wasn't very legal at the time. Mm. Hashtag sorry, not sorry. Hashtag um, they're coming after you. Yeah, I didn't, I, I mean, look, I didn't know that I had to have the federation to officiate. Look, it wasn't an official race, but they weren't very happy that this was happening without 
you know. Okay, so this was a federation that yes, wasn't happy. Okay. Yes. Which was okay because they spoke to me and said, look, this is not okay. And I said, okay, sure, no problem. But the awesome thing was is that I made I made it pretty big, dude. Like, uh, you know, Red Bull came out and supported one of the events. Wow. I We had the first whole shot. Uh, it's like a drag race type thing uh, in the GCC, actually. And uh, How are you promoting uh, these races? Just me on Instagram, bro, with the boys. Okay. Just just a small group of guys. Like, it wasn't an event. I wasn't inviting people to come watch. It was purely for the boys. Cause so it we, wasn't a public event? No, right? no, no, no. Because I know, you know, that you need, you know. All sorts of licenses. All sorts of and, papers and yeah. stuff that I don't even want to start working on. And, um, you know, it was just so cool to do that for the guys. Not even for me. It was... I think that was a big turning point in my, like, I guess you could say race career or motocross community career, whatever. Because it was just so cool for me to see the guys that have been putting in the training with me. And, you know, because we're there at the track every weekend, doing our laps, working on things. And it was just cool for me, for them to be able to put that into, like, even just a, like a silly race simulation. It was just really awesome because they'd never done that before. I bought trophies. I had first, second, thirds for the guys. Um, I was working on getting some prizes, you know, sponsored by some company. Mm. Yeah. It was awesome and I wouldn't change it. Even if, you know, it did, you know, upset a few people, but that upsetting people got us noticed by Batab, mm. which is a, uh, the local like motorcycle charity center thing. They picked us up, put us in a track and we are golden, bro. That's so cool, man. So my second thing about that, my ambitions, no matter what you do, as long as it makes you happy, as long as you're not hurting anybody, um, just go for it. No matter how crazy it seems, no matter how big it is, just start chipping away at it. Just put in the work. If it's for you, build on yourself. And honestly, take take the good people with you because that support circle is insanely important for you. Like even if you don't, even if it's people you don't even know are that important to you, that support system is going to be your foundation for whatever you want to achieve. And I mean, this might be some, like I'm talking about becoming like the world. No. It can be achieving a weight loss goal. It can be 100%. achieving changing careers because, I mean, that's a big thing. You need a good support system to like motivate you and keep you going. You know? Yeah, it's a difficult journey, man. And I mean, just just do whatever makes you happy and like, dude, just be a good dude. Yeah. And to the ladies, dude. just be a good dudette. You know? Yeah, be a good dudette. Honestly, just be a good person to everybody. I'm a firm believer in karma. I've had a lot of bad karma hit me and yeah. I wonder why. But then if you look hard enough, you will see that good people get put in your, in your way, like in front of you because of those bad things that have happened. So just be... Just be aware that you're not the only person that bad things are happening to. And um, don't be scared to talk about things. And this is a theme throughout the podcast. It's a lot of inspirational stuff, but it's true. And it comes with growing up. Don't hold back. Like if there's, mm. you know, feelings, there's things you're going through. A good support circle is yeah. important, man. It's it's who you're around. If you're around bad people, that's going to impact you. You catch you. those vibes, man. You catch those vibes. Yep. You want to keep the good vibes, protect your energy. Always, man. It's um, important. Very, very important. Man, it's been a, it's been a great conversation. Thanks, I love uh, the vibe. You got the candle. Oh, no, yeah, dude, I was so <laughs> romantic and stuff. I was a bit nervous to do this, but you know, it's, no, man, uh, it was, it's nice to just kind of not have a plan and just kind of just chat. Honestly, this was one of my favorite conversations, bro. Uh, I appreciate it, dude. Super this candid. Is, and this is my first one, so I, uh, bro. And uh, honestly, I wish you well. And um, thanks, man. I hope more people listen because you know. And maybe one day someone should ask you some questions, dude. So uh, if I'm you ever want to do that, that I'll, I'll switch around with you. Yeah. Because I think you need to tell your story too. I'm open to that, man. We'll do and, it. You know, we'll do always it. appreciate people that um, you know. If you enjoyed this uh, conversation, you think someone can get value from it, share it around. You know, with a friend, an aunt, a neighbor, man. whoever. You never know who you're gonna learn from. Exactly. Exactly. All right. All right, buddy. We're Take off. care. <laughs> You've been listening to Curated Advice on Better Living. It's our passion to interview guests on their experiences to bring you different perspectives on personal development, on everything from healthy habits to mindset to relationships to functional movement and biohacking. We hope you've enjoyed the show, and we hope you've gotten some information that can change your mindset. Make sure to like, rate, and review the show, and we'll be back soon. But in the meantime... We'll leave you with this from Bruce Lee. Be formless, shapeless, like water. Now you put water into a cup, it becomes the cup. You put water into a bottle, it becomes the bottle. You put it in a teapot, it becomes the teapot. Now water can flow or it can crash. Be water, my friend.